You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan and Delatory. Same corner, same time. New coaches. How y'all feeling? How was y'all weekend? Everything's good. Everything's everything. I'm actually up in Pennsylvania right now uh, with the lady uh, and her family. So been up here uh, since what? Day or two ago. What? Huh? What? So been up here for for a day or two. Actually, going up to New York City on Wednesday uh, for a couple of days. Going to do the old uh, Christmas in New York City thing for a couple of days. So you're like the most romantic. I am. Way you know, Renaissance <laughs> a Renaissance man. Uh, you know, Don Quixote type of guy too over here. You know, Nick. Just uh, how you find those, how you find time to learn those dance moves, man? Years. That's it's just years of accumulated moves. Right. That's right. That's just practice. That's just exposure to the world, Corey. You know, that's just it, not. Man. That's just not one thing that you learn. It's just. A, Can a you floss, Dan? What? Can you do the floss? Oh, that, I thought that, you said, uh, "Do I floss?" No, um, that Fortnite, Fortnite dance. I imagine no, you no, I've never tried to floss. It's, it takes a little practice because it's like more. It's not really like a rhythm type dance. It's more of a coordination. Yeah, so no, I've not tried, but I mean, you guys know my coordination, uh, so I'd probably struggle a little bit more than the average human, you know. Yeah, I the thought floss, the floss is not his bag. He's more of a freelancer. I thought right, that was yeah, the yeah. other way. I thought I'm more of an interpretive dancer. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Nick. How was your weekend, buddy? You had a busy weekend. Yeah, there's a uh, just a bunch of stuff going on. Um, Silk's favorite coach struggled this week, uh, including this weekend. Um, covered that game. Florida's Florida basketball has not done well since I've had to cover mm. them. I think I should stop. Um, all together. Is Eric uh, free tonight? What are we doing? <clears throat> we can bring Eric on. Eric, bro. Uh, Eric's um, being too negative. Eric, Eric used to be big Mike White guy. Um, has not been. It's hard to be. Sometimes you you lose your fan base. Yep. as a writer a or a podcast or a content guy, if you just ride down with the, uh, the sinking ship, so. At some point, you got to jump off. I'm riding it still. You know yeah, what you how your weekend was, Nick, and you and you went straight to Mike Blanco. So I know your weekend wasn't good. It was uh, it's, it's uh, just a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, Fortnite recruits uh, on campus, so we were pumping that. Um, just a lot of work this weekend. I think with Eric, I think the hardest part is you come with like solutions, and then they never get like listened to. And then you're just like tired of trying to provide solutions, you know? So then you get into the, uh, you know, the attacking mode. I get it. I've been there. I mean, he was a positive guy. He had good takes. Uh, you just got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt of the doubt for a little minute, which he did. But um, at some point, man, it is what it is. The product, the product is the product. Um, and I won't get deep into basketball. Let's see if Eric is available. We can talk about that later. Um, my weekend was all right. Not a whole lot. Um, got to relax a little bit. Not a, watch a little Army Navy while going to the green market. Uh, I went to go see Nutcracker, hip hop Nutcracker with the family. That was pretty dope. Um, I wasn't, I didn't watch the original Nutcracker, so I didn't know they didn't talk. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody told me, so I was confused for like the first 10 minutes. Like, yo, when is the dialogue gonna begin? <laughs> no dialogue? No dialogue. No, 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 no. No, it's it's all it's all music. That sounds terrible. All music and dance, man. Um, the second act it was like an intermission, but the second act was pretty dope, man. You gotta get the story out of out of it was a great experience, I would say. Um, never <clears> been to anything like that before. Um, shout out to the wife for grabbing those tickets, went to the Kravitz Center, dope vibes. Um, just some good, you know, holiday shenanigans with the fam. That's it. I can't just imagine the, coaching hires. What's up? I, I can't imagine the confusion. You're you're like you go there and you don't know that like, hey, no one's talking. No one right. no one gives you a heads up. She's like, hey, we're yeah. watching interpretive dance. Right. With, so I was no, chilling. I was just like, all right, the moves is fire, but um <laughs> but they're like, why are they just dancing like in front of each other, like what's going on here? Is this Charlie Chaplin vibes? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> I tapped my wife, I was like, Why are they not talking? She was like, Babe, they don't talk in Nutcracker. Like, oh, sh- okay, okay, <laughs> we've right. appreciated a heads up on that one. Thank you, though. You told me that when you was buying the tickets, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be ready, I'll be more prepared for act two. Thank you. Both the kids fell asleep in like within 20 minutes. So the only time I've ever gone to like a play like that um, is on like a cruise ship mm. <clears throat> and right. some elite naps, you know, you're, you're drinking by the pool all day. So yeah, you got yeah, a little yeah, sun yeah. in you, you get into this nice cool room. They turn the lights down. It's like, Hey, I don't know what the show is, but this is going to be a, a really nice nap here. Nick, you, you don't do Broadway and you don't do plays and, and musicals and stuff. No, no. Oh, wow. It's a really not Big a culture fam. guy. Yeah, not a yeah. culture guy over here. Um, yeah, yeah. Just goes for basketball yeah. matches and football games. And you know, there's some some great musicals out there. Uh, let's see, I've seen Hamilton, and uh, I love Hamilton. But see, I think I'm a snob. I think yeah, I'm a snob. The first time, first time I saw Hamilton was on Disney Plus. So I don't know if I could go to. Oh, I never live. seen it. Live. That's why I saw it too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I can go to the live, uh, like the live performance now that doesn't have that original cast. I think I'm. I think I'm a Hamilton snob. Yeah, I, I, see, I think you would like the Book of Mormon. I saw that one a few times. That one's that one's good. Um, What's that about? I've seen a few. Uh, it's actually about the Book of Mormon. Um, coincidentally, <laughs> no, it's by um, uh, it's by the writers. Like Book of Eli, but something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, you it's know very different than the Book of Eli. Uh, oh, for sure. No, it's by the uh, the writers of uh, South Park, and I think a couple totally other different book. Yeah. Um, I, well, it's it's a, similarities. It's, you it's, know? it's hilarious. Yeah, no, I think you'd like it. But uh, but yeah, well, well, Corey, glad you had a good time. Nick, you had a good time. Uh, Silk, why don't you uh, get us into a brunt ad read, and then we got some coaching hires to announce. Oh man, some legendary like just people just getting hired into the swamp, man. Just dream come true, man. Bucket list stuff for the for your boy. Uh, shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured. From the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg got you. Uh, visit Brun Insurance or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Uh, home insurance, auto insurance, if you have a motorcycle, trailer, business. Uh, if you just need your life taken care of and make sure it's just all right in case something happened, my man Greg got you, bruninsurance.com or 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what it do, baby? Well, perfect. Well, the first coach that we're going to announce is none other uh, than Corey Raymond, uh, a absolute uh, legendary hire, uh, former cornerback uh, for the LSU Tigers, played a number of years 
in the NFL, uh, got into coaching not long after uh, leaving the NFL, spent the last 10 years at LSU as their uh, defensive backs coach uh, and also had some some roles, assistant head coach and a recruiting coordinator in there as well, uh, but considered one of the best recruiters in the country, considered one of the best coaches in the country. The Gators grab an absolute legend to coach cornerbacks. Uh, Silk, I know that this is a name that, that you and I have thrown around for years. Nick, you've obviously seen it uh, every year covering the Gators that uh, Corey Raymond is a guy that the Gators should go after. The Gators are finally able to grab him. Uh, legendary hires. So give me your thoughts, my friend. Hey, man, a guy that I said was just the furniture at LSU. So when Brian Kelly came aboard and they said they expect Corey Raymond to stay, I was just like, yeah, he's just the furniture. So I don't – coaches change. One thing that stays is Corey Raymond. Um, absolute legend. I don't think there's a better – I don't know who's keeping track of it, but I don't think there's a better DB coach ever than Corey Raymond as far as resume. Um, the list is crazy. Um, just an elite recruiter, elite technician coach, um, Jamal Adams, uh, Delpit, um, Chris Fulton, Derek, Derek Stingley. You just name them the last few years, his recent names. Um, he's just that guy. Come down to South Florida. He could grab recruits down here. He could get them in Louisiana. He's a national name. Um, I think he could be at a, he, we're going to be in it with the top elite kids each and every year, man. Uh, excited. Nick? He um, some, some guy on Twitter was like, "Can you can you actually coach a game before you call this a coup?" And I'm like, "Listen, dude, I've been covering Florida for ten years, four head coaches. Every <laughs> single time there's been an opening at Florida, it's like, yo, can you get Corey Raymond?'" I'm like, "Dog, he's not leaving LSU. Played there, been there, not leaving LSU." They, they, I think it didn't even seem shoot. like a very ambitious guy. Like he wanted to leave and be DC somewhere else. He, he seemed like he was kind of complacent um, for all these years. So he's just home, you know. Maybe, maybe he was, I, I just thought, hey, listen, he's home. He's happy being the the, the DB coach there. Maybe right. at one point he'll get promoted to be the DC at LSU. But he's just happy being in LSU. Just goes to show you how weird Brian Kelly is. Brian Kelly's there for two weeks, and Corey Raymond's like, yo, I gotta get out of here. I kind of get it. I mean, you want that guy like from from an outsider standpoint, like from Brian Kelly, I come in. This guy is like a god in Louisiana, um, as far as like who he is on campus. Uh, you don't want that that guy on the staff that seems untouchable. Yeah, um, sometimes you get, and we've seen this. Sometimes you get great recruiter, bad coach, and you're like, hey, put him on staff because he's going right. to get guys that the other coaches can coach. Right. Um, and then like the last staff, you get guys who aren't interested in recruiting, but can coach them. Um, Corey Raymond's a, a mix of both. Um, He's a lead at both. Yeah. Um, so it, like I said, it's a coup for Florida to get, to get Corey Raymond. But no doubt, man. Uh, and then in a, in a position of need, I think mm -hmm. our defense, defensive back room is in shambles. So I was looking for this hire <laughs> To see who he brought in, and and, and this is a guy I'm not gonna get caught up in recruiting uh, for for Wednesday or like in high school recruiting. This guy that could poach names like the elitist, the elite of names, uh, just from his reputation. Um, but our DB room is in shambles, so I was waiting to see who's our DB hires and how we recruit at DB. Who do we bring in? Just a portal move got to be made there. So Corey Raymond just was like, if you got to make a home run hire, you know, mm -hmm. the streets was buzzing a little bit with. <laughs> With my man Billy, and he came out with a with a big bat. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that this is what you talk about. Yes, I think this is what you're talking about when you talk about elevating staff, right? I mean, right. you know, I think the first couple of, of positions that, you know, Billy Napier and the, the Florida Gators announced coming over were guys that were already working with him at ULL. And, you know, when you make the move from Louisiana to Florida, you want to see an upgrade in staff, right? You want to see, hey, we've got more money now. What can we do with that money? And, you know, Corey Raymond is a guy that I'm pretty sure any in the country would want to hire uh, if the opportunity was available. Um, I know Miami really wanted to hire him. I know that there's been a lot of talks all over the country. Every time there's a DB, a defensive coordinator, or sometimes even a head coach opening, Corey Raymond's name is is always one of the first that gets thrown around. So uh, anybody with a anybody with a DB coaching um, situation was was definitely interested in Corey Raymond. Uh, any Miami fan that said they had T-Rob and they was fine, there's still levels to this, man. T-Rob isn't Corey Raymond, bro. That just is what it is. Um, so everybody that's somebody that's looking for a defensive back coach is definitely in the market for Corey Raymond. So good now by Billy Napier. Yeah, I think that that adds – I don't want to say it adds legitimacy because I don't think Billy Napier needs legitimacy, but I think that it – elevates you know continues to elevate the florida brand uh and to have a coach like Corey raymond who probably could go to any school in the country that he wants to be able to buy into billy napier's vision and everything else too i think speaks volumes about billy napier uh as well so that's a like we talked about a great coup i don't think there's much to talk about other than i mean that's Let's get into his title because i think uh billy's getting a little tricky and a little weird with the titles and i like how he's playing games with those titles so what was what's Corey raymond's title Hmm. Executive defensive back guru. He got his odd title. He is. Because originally I thought it was like, plus to get him, I was thinking maybe he was co-DC and he's not co-DC. Oh, it just says assistant head coach of the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Cornerbacks coach and assistant head coach of the defense. I like it. It uh yeah, you're gonna get some titles uh add commas and zeros. Uh so you're gonna get some some interesting titles. I think that's one of them for sure. Uh Nick, if every bank in America can have every one of their employees be a vice president, you know, let's start giving these guys some like legitimate titles, you know? Like gone are the days of cornerbacks coach, you know, like president of DB Island or something. I mean, we need some elite titles. <laughs> I'm just waiting for like uh, Ma- Minister of Mischief. That's right. Yeah. Minister of Mischief. Hmm, I like that yeah, one. Yeah. How about that one? That's silk. Silk's on the recruiting staff. No, no, I think, I think, I think that's the road they gave. Is that, is that not, not, not the title they gave Cheney? No? That's going to be Greg Nord. When Greg Nord comes <laughs> back. If Nord, that's the Minister <laughs> of Worm doing the worm. Oh, man. Greg We've had Nord. some terrible recruiters, man. Shout out to Greg Nord. We've had some terrible recruiters here at uh, the last eight years or so, or six years. How many ever years it been? It's been terrible. Let's see. Trying to think if there's anything else about Corey Raymond, uh, other than the fact that he's elite. Uh, you know, I think that you'll start to see that. Um, you know, over the next couple years, right? I mean, I don't think you'll see it on Wednesday on early signing day, and you might not even see it this year. Uh, but this is a guy that's going to attract eyeballs all across the country. So, uh, elite hire uh, can't do, in my Great opinion, get. really any better. Great get. Um, as a, as a, as a DB, I'm a DB guy, man. Uh, this is warm my heart, my soul. I've been sleeping a little bit better every night, knowing that um, 
My man Billy Napier ain't hiring nobody like Kirk Callahan or something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bro, that was a wild hire. <laughs> that was insane. Kirk I, I was spinning it on the timeline. He's been out of coaching since he got fired at Florida. It makes sense. Wasn't, even like, another, the field, wasn't even like another school that was like, hey, let's give him a shot. Yeah, I think he like does insurance or mortgage now. Nuts. Respectable job. Relationships, too. Relationships can get you. Just who you know can get you like wild jobs. And the next thing you know, you're selling insurance. Mm -hmm. You can be a coach from who you know. And then like two years later, you're like State Farm from Jake. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Speaking of khakis, still very proud to not see many pleats on the other sidelines or on the, uh, oh, in the pictures. Man, I can dress. No, I'm telling you what. And, and this is this is just what he brought in the bag for uh, you know a couple of a couple weeks stay over at the hotel before National Signing Day. You know. All right. When do we talk? Are we still talking hires? You want to go down the hire list? Uh, we, talk, I was going to get into. I was going to get into Darnell Stapleton real quick, and then we're going to bring Tim Buckley on, uh, who's going to talk to us a little bit about Billy Napier's time uh, over at ULL. So before we do that, let's give a a, a quick talk about Darnell Stapleton, who joins the uh, University of Florida staff as an assistant on, uh, offensive line coach. Uh, Billy Napier announced very early on that he would have two offensive line coaches. Uh, it is our understanding that the other offensive line coach is currently coaching uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, but Darnell Stapleton, former Pittsburgh Steeler when they won uh, a Super Bowl, uh, was on staff with Billy Napier for the last few years at Louisiana, uh, will join, uh, and he was announced on Friday uh, as the Gators assistant offensive line coach. Not sure how those duties will be split up. And maybe when we talk to Tim here momentarily, he can tell us a little bit more. I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, inside and outside or how it's going to, you know, totally work. But, uh, but Darnell uh, Stapleton was announced. Uh, so Nick, any thoughts on, on him before we bring Tim on? Um, <clears throat> I like Stapleton. I think you're, I think uh, the other offensive line name that uh, I believe will be hired. I don't know that he's going to be, um, that dog on the recruiting trail, which is okay if you have another guy who is. And I think Stapleton, um, young coach, um, ambitious, will hit the recruiting trail. So I think if you're going to have two offensive line coaches, you have yeah. one that's a great recruiter and one um, that is a great coach on the field, technique, things like that. So I think that's kind of where where this goes. It's interesting. It's a huge step up um, from UL. And uh, and a huge step in his early career, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I think I think it's a great, just great matchup as far as like strategy wise. It's similar to what uh, we, we were all complaining about Sal recruiting our defensive line here, but when he went to Bama. They match him up with Roach mm-hmm. at Bama, and, and those guys are a perfect two of a younger recruiter and an older technician. Uh, and same thing. I think it's the same similar situation. I don't think Rob Sell want to jump on the trail. Those NFL guys are the technicians. Heavy C ain't, ain't the guy that wanted to really get on the trail like that. So, uh, and I thought Dan Mullen should did the same thing. We 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 complained about it a long time. Like, why don't they match Heavy C with a younger guy uh, to help him recruit better? So I think it's a good fit with Stapleton being um, a younger guy, uh, Super Bowl experience. Uh, uh, he's black. That's not like that. Don't help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does help. So him on the trail is going to definitely, uh, alongside Rob Sell, I think it's going to be a good match if it's Rob Sell. Yeah. And, and everything that we're hearing, I think, is is that's the case. For sure. Uh, uh, Stapleton's career uh, played about five years 
are, yeah, I guess about four years in the NFL. Uh, after that became head coach of uh, the New York Sharks, which is a uh, professional women's team in the, the Women's Football Alliance. Uh, he was their head coach. Uh, then he went to the women's team too? Yeah, he sure did. Oh, um, so Rob. Rob's versatile. Yeah, as a, let's see, that was 10 years ago. As a 26-year-old. As a 26-year-old, I'll tell you what, he knew what he was doing. Uh, then went to Montclair, uh, and then he went to Rutgers uh, as an offensive assistant. Then he went to Pace University, uh, Bucknell, uh, Sam Houston State. And then, uh, pardon me, he had only spent one year at Louisiana um, with uh, with Billy Napier. But does come he, over, he, does what join a the jump. What a jump, though. Like, looking at his resume, you go yep. from ULL to the Giants? Like, what a jump. So that, that says something about, like, even people that are saying Billy Napier to go from Sunbelt to the SEC – uh, and it's different with head coaching, but I think that's a crazy jump. And it goes to say something about his eye for like coaching talent because that guy was at ULL and went to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, y'all are gonna make Billy Billy Napier mad calling it ULL. We uh, I can't remember when it was. You listen to the show, shout out to Billy. <laughs> I can't remember. Tim will say it. Tim will say it too. Um, I can't remember when it was, but when did UL come into come into Gainesville? Almost beat Florida too, I think. Um, but they were going through their had to change. be a bad year. They almost beat <laughs> they, us. It, 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 it was, it was, was, that a, was. I think that was Muschamp, right? It might have been thirteen. It might have been thirteen. Yeah, no, um, that was in two thousand twelve. Yeah, two thousand twelve. Oh, was that the year that we had to block the punt? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But shout out to whoever blocked that punt. They were. I think that's when they were making the change, and they were like, "Please don't refer to us as ULL or Louisiana hyphen Lafayette. It's just University of Louisiana." Um, and somebody who worked for the Sun Belt when uh, right after Billy was hired was like, "Hey, you might not want to call it ULL anymore around Listen, these man, guys." They, I'm like, "All right, cool." Whatever we call them is who they is. Hey, it's uh, one. They, they ain't one enough for us to just be like. ULL is what I'm calling them. Shout out to Billy. I respect them people, but they ULL. <laughs> You're going to get blocked again. Let's get, uh, let's get you think, Tim you Buckley. Think Billy blocked me again? All right, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Tim Buckley on. Uh, Tim Buckley is a writer. Uh, but before we do that, uh, let's give a shout out to our friends over at home field apparel um, go to homefieldapparel.com use promo code stadium and gale all one word uh shop early uh before christmas um all sorts of colleges all sorts of universities uh, obviously incredible florida gators gear i think they have 15 or 17 products you can get uh that are florida gators related uh, but a, a host of other schools uh for your mom your dad your significant other your child uh whoever the case may be go to homefieldapparel.com softest cotton in the world uh one of the best products really cool vintage uh gear that you can get go to homefieldapparel.com use promo code stadium and gale and get yourself 15 percent off at checkout so let's give our friend tim buckley on the show tim buckley is a beat reporter for the daily advertiser covering the university of louisiana sports uh tim how are you doing this evening my friend Doing great, fellas. How you guys doing? Good, good. Oh, man, can't complain at all, Tim. Can you give us a little clarification on that, Tim? We were just talking about the ULL versus UL. I, don't, I can't remember when it happened. <laughs> no disrespect, Tim. I didn't mean any disrespect. I forgot you was in the chamber. So. <laughs> Trust me, you're not, you're, you're not res- disrespecting me because I'm not from these parts, and all my oh, buddies my in parts of the country all know them as so you. You call it ULL too, huh? 
Well, I don't because of the because of the the heat that we catch down here. When you do from the local, they're very hypersensitive to it. It it goes to the whole. Frankly, oh, I mean, we can take up not just the ten minutes, but we can take up the next ten hours with the backstory. (laughs) It basically goes to the kind of redheaded stepchild uh, uh, thing they got going on compared to to LSU as far as how LSU types look at them and, uh, you know, arguably an inferiority complex uh, that, that might be going on as well. But you were right. It I, was like the, I like the in- move, Tim, from a University of Florida standpoint. And then them being Louisiana State University, like state. I like that they took the, the, the like, yeah, it's Louisiana the University. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, stole it yeah. from Louisiana Monroe too, right? Like well, it. it's brand new. Well, that goes to the root <laughs> of it, which is – they're trying to, you know, kind of establish themselves as, you know, there's two systems, the LSU system here and the University of Louisiana system. They're trying to establish themselves as the number one there. Um, there's lawsuits and all sorts of stuff going on. But it was back to that time, back to the uh, the, the Jelani Jenkins uh, block punt time when Mark Hudspeth thought he was going to get his Jelani first Jenkins. It just didn't work out. Uh, well, Tim, we wanted to <clears> – <throat> bring you on to talk a little bit about Billy. He seems to, um, he's, he's a name. I mean, I can go back to when Jim McElwain was about to get hired at Florida and people thinking that, oh, well, is he going to bring Billy Napier with him? He was a guy that brought him, you know, to Colorado state for a year. He's a name that's been around Gainesville for a while. He seems to have uh, at least reportedly turned down some schools in the past. Um, why do you think now in Florida was the right time for him? Um, UL released that video of after the Sunbelt Championship. It seemed like a pretty emotional uh, last meeting with the team. I'm, I know you were at the press conference, and I was sitting there on Zoom, and I'm like, man, this has been like a half an hour after the game. What's happening here? Um, and, and I guess <laughs> I got my answer there. He was talking to them in the locker room for a while. Um, also, it's, it's an interesting move. It seems like the fans – um, in the administration, it, there wasn't any hard feelings with, with with Billy leaving. It was almost kind of like a thank you for your time, almost like a, a college graduation. It's like, hey, you did your four years here. Congratulations and uh, the best of luck. Well, a, a little more backstory first. You got to understand that there has not been a head coach who's left this place to coach another FBS program like hmm. ever. <laughs> Period. He's the first one. So, yeah, absolutely, he graduated. And and he had opportunities to leave. He, he, he was offered Mississippi State, by all accounts, uh, after the 2019 season, turned that down. Um, and then you get into the whole semantics of the, you know, was he actually offered or, you know, would you take it if we offered it kind of thing with uh, South Carolina and, and Auburn uh, after last season. Um and it, it none of those were the fit because Billy Napier, it, well, there's a few things going on. One is he has a huge ask, not not personally in terms oh. of how much money he put in or length of contract or, or any of that stuff necessarily, but just the support system and the salary pool for assistant coaches and the commitment. And he's all about you know alignment between the the school president and the athletic director and and him having uh, a whole lot of say on what happens with the football program. And he had that here, and he was waiting for the right situation. And the other part of it was 
he came back to a team that's absolutely loaded. Uh, they won 12 straight after that loss at Texas. They had a bunch of seniors, super seniors, a couple seventh-year seniors all back. It's a big part of why he came back. I think I think Scott – I think I said on the podcast too, I think Scott Strickland was talking directly to him in, uh, in his – Post in his post Mullen firing, he's you know uh, he was saying we don't have the same situation where boosters are pulling strings and we don't have um, you know all these outside influences moving things around. He's like this is my search, we're handling it. Um, so it, uh, it it I think Scott was talking directly to him. What it, it seems like he said he's bringing an army, um, and we were just talking about it at the beginning of the show. It seems like there's. Uh, we're flying. We're flying by the seat of our pants here with with some of these uh, uh, coaching titles. There's, you know, we're talking about like Minister of Mayhem. Um, we're getting, you know, uh, someone who was just hired, Dan, in charge of like director of research and evaluation. Yeah, yeah. yeah Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about how Army of nerds, man? Get the nerds together. <laughs> Can you tell us about how how he the, the I guess just the infrastructure that he tries to set up. You guys still got me. I can hear you. Yeah, we got you now. Hey, apologizing, cutting in and out. Yeah, he has a, he has a whole army behind him. So he wanted a big salary pool. He wanted all the resources. Um, uh, he, he's he's big on analysts. He has like analysts for everything imaginable. Um, the stories go. A lot of them just kind of sit around and watch him watching film. But uh, he likes his analysts. Uh, um, and that was he, he needed all of that, you know, in place before he made made the jump. And I don't know if you guys caught it and I apologize for cutting in and out earlier, but um, he, uh, he had a loaded team to come back to. That's one, you know, 12 straight now going into the New Orleans bowl. And that was part of why he could afford to be picky. Yeah. Uh, Tim, talk to us a little bit. I mean, we've seen Billy in a press conference. Uh, a lot of Gator fans have watched maybe a game or so. Uh, but what can you expect from Billy throughout the offseason, maybe during the season, uh, demeanor, language, press conferences, energy? Like, who is he besides, like, just in your opening press conference? Well, you got to remember, pretty much everything Billy does from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to sleep was influenced by, by Nick Saban. Uh, so – you're not going to get a whole lot of, you know, crazy out of Billy. You're not going to get, you know, wild comments at pressers or stuff like that. Um, he, he keeps, he's kept reams and reams of notebooks. He has every single day for the year planned out in advance. Um, he, he's, he's really scripted in, in everything he does. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty buttoned up. He runs a tight ship. There was not a lot of availability for his assistant coaches. He basically made them available uh, uh, once in the spring and once in the preseason, and then there was no access to them during the season. That's the kind of uh, of, of ship that he runs. So if you're looking for the, uh, the Mike Leach uh, craziness and oppressor stuff, forget about it. That's why I was all aboard the Lane train, honestly. Uh, I think Lane would have been – a beautiful disaster here in Gainesville, but the content would be endless. All right, Tim, don't don't pay, don't even pay uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick any money. Tim, uh, I, Tim I and I actually, are in the same profession. We're we're voting for quotes. 
Yeah, I feel oh, like, yeah. Um, I like a, I like a good shit show. I just don't like it to be my shit show. Um, personally, uh, you you say he's a scripted guy, very detailed guy. Um, I want to ask you about his approach to to maybe the Florida situation uh, and recruiting. He pretty much let the whole class go, and I know he has to have a plan because he's a very meticulous guy. Uh, what do you think about that approach as far as like letting the whole recruiting class go and kind of re? Uh, evaluating things on the game is different now as far as how you can acquire talent, but what's your opinion on his approach to, to all of this? He did the exact same thing when he came here, he released all of the, uh, the commits uh, uh, that, that the Cajuns had at the time that Mark Hudspeth left behind, but he ended up uh, uh, re-offering and, and keeping an overwhelming majority of them and, and signing them. Um, to me, I think the big thing now is, you know, he's got his Louisiana guys, especially with, with Corey Raymond and with, with Jabbar Jaluk. Um, you know, how's he going to attack Florida recruiting? You know, how's that going to fall into place for him? I think that's, you know, the big question that, that he has to answer because there's some talent in Louisiana, don't get me wrong, but obviously you can't ignore your backyard. And he was big about the backyard as, as much as you could here, but they dipped heavy into Texas. Uh, they dipped into to Mississippi and the Gulf Coast down here too. So he'll, um, you know, he'll 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 go where where he needs to go. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he assembles the the rest of that staff. And I heard you guys talking about Rob Sale earlier. Um, Rob was a pretty strong recruiter. Uh, uh, oh, we, okay. When he was here, yeah, he he absolutely was. In fact, he got a, a kid out of his own high school up in the Monroe area, and there's a big, you know, Monroe versus Lafayette thing and all that going on. But um, kind of a, a a mini Gainesville uh, Tallahassee type thing. But he got Max Mitchell who's going to the Senior Bowl and was named a, a third team AP All American today uh, out of out of Monroe because that's where Rob's Rob's from. So. He's not uh, Rob's not afraid to get uh, you know get get a little dirty when it comes to to the recruiting stuff uh, at all. I like the vibes of Jaluk. He got some 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 um, real high praise from Leonard Fournette and Geist and some other guys. Uh, what's your overall opinion on Jaluk? Uh, Jaluk is I mean the the proof is in the pudding with Jaluk. You know you mentioned Leonard Fournette, but. You think about the guys here, and mind you, it's coming from a group of five Sunbelt Conference program, but, you know, Jaluk put into the NFL um, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regis. Uh, he had Raymond Kale, who was uh, playing with the Rams until he uh, uh, had a season-ending in- injury at the beginning of, of this season. Um, he's got another one who's probably uh, NFL-worthy, who's just a freshman here, but by the time he leaves, he'll probably be ready. Montrell Johnson, who they got out of the New Orleans area. Jaluk is an old uh, New Orleans high school coach, and um, he kind of made a name for himself tapping into that that talent there. So uh, he's produced, um, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the the times that I have met him, a really good guy with an incredible family story and a wife who's, if you guys ever dig into the whole story with her, has overcome all sorts of cancer stuff and mm. – an incredible tale of her own to tell. That's awesome. Um, we'll have to we'll have to learn more. Try to cover that uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Tim, I've got a question. I know uh, that uh, that Billy Napier is obviously a very meticulous guy. You've mentioned a lot of people have mentioned that he's had you know every day planned out. He's got a, a very exact plan. Um, 
what kind of adversity uh, has Billy Napier kind of faced it at or did he face at Louisiana? Was he able to adapt, or is he a guy that is more of a stick to his guns, you know, type of guy? But but how how does that piece come into play when maybe the the plan you know meets the enemy? Well, you know, you you mentioned at Louisiana, but I'm going to back it up a little bit if you'll allow me. Um, as far as adversity and Billy Napier goes, let's not forget he was like the youngest offensive coordinator uh, in in college football when he was hired the first time around at, at Clemson and ended up getting quickly fired by Dabo Sweeney. Um, and you know that's adversity there when all of a sudden it's like a slap in the face. You're you're riding high and then boom, it it, it kind of comes to halt like that. Um, and and he ended up latching on at Alabama uh, as as an analyst. And, and that was kind of how he like clawed his way back in. Um, and part of the way that he clawed his way back in was through the connections that he had through his father, Bill Napier, um, who is a, a heralded longtime high school football coach in North Georgia, who sadly uh, Billy lost uh, after a, a battle with ALS. Um, and if, you know, dealing with that at the same time you're building a coaching career with the resume that, that Billy Napier has isn't facing adversity. I don't, I don't know what is, but he was influenced by so much from his father, uh, who of course he played for as the, the high school quarterback and, um, you know, who, who taught him and influenced him, you know, so much of what he knows before Saban, uh, uh, got a hold of him. So, um, you know, he, Billy talks a lot about, um, I just thought I was going to be a high school coach like my dad. Um, he's got a brother who was, who's in uh, high school coaching too. And um, I don't think he originally set out to do all of this, but uh, boy, once you, once you spend a little time in Tuscaloosa, I guess it just grows on you. It's uh, that certainly sets you on a different career trajectory. Uh, we like to call it the, uh, the Nick Saban rehab program for coaches. Uh, I think Billy was one of the first guys to to go through it. Um, uh, he's the mentorship program more than the re- rehab. Is like for Sark. It was Loxley. for Sark, for Sark, yeah, Loxley, yeah. Lane. For sure. Uh, um, Billy, uh, we can get you out of here if you need to go. But um, uh, I'm good. Billy, I'm good. Okay. Um, Billy seems to me um, a lot of Gator fans had some PTSD uh, with the Jim McElwain connection because um, of how that. Those things happened here. Um, the only real thing, at least that I've gotten, and granted it's been 10 days, um, that I would connect Billy to to McElwain is that there's a, a deep, or it seems to be a deep uh, relationship that he wants to have with his players, more so on a person-to-person level than uh, a coach-to-player, what can you do for me? on the field. Um, is that a sense that you got covering him for four years that, that he really invests and cares about, I guess, the person more than the player? Um, I, I think I would agree with, with most of that. And I did wonder how the McElwain thing would, would impact his candidacy at Florida. And obviously it had no impact at all. Cause I think Strickland had his eye on, on uh, Billy, like, you know, for a long, long time. Um, I, I think one, one thing that should be noted is that, uh, Billy, Billy isn't like the hammer type guy. 
you know, he has, he, he has people for that. Uh, he, uh, he has, you know, there's tales about, you know, if there's an issue, Jaluk might, you know, put a kid in the car and drive him around town a little bit and have a chat with them and then get back and all's good again. Uh, um, Billy, Billy doesn't, uh, mix himself up in a lot of that. And I think that approach worked with, uh, with these kids here because, you know, when he took over here, this was a, this was a broken product. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you guys really have gotten into this part of it, but you know, Mark Hudspeth, his first four years, they were, they had nine wins all four seasons, won the New Orleans bowl. And then he ended with three straight losing seasons, a locker room controversy, uh, a crazy arrest day in which a whole bunch of them like nine or something got all got charged with a felony on the same day, stemming out of one incident for breaking into teammates room and stealing his stuff. And um, he had an NCAA investigation and um, uh, that, that led to a bunch of wins being vacated including two new Orleans bowl wins. Um, uh, it was a broken product uh, and some, some, in the football sense, broken kids that Billy kind of, you know, resurrected, if you will, when, when he came in here and those kids needed that and needed someone like him at that time. So, you know, I don't know what similarities there are to that there, but he has the capability of, of being that kind of coach. That's, uh, I guess, the kind of sense that we're getting is that what, what Scott Strickland was looking for was a program builder, and that kind of sounds um, like he was – he was that's what he was to UL. Um, and I think that's kind of where Florida is uh, right now in, in terms of the locker room, um, infrastructure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do here. Um, do you think that he is ready for uh, – listen, Florida is a pressure cooker. Uh, the last six coaches, one, Steve Spurrier, uh, the field's named after him. He left the building saying 10 wins isn't good enough here anymore. Um, Urban Meyer won two national championships, uh, and left pretty unceremoniously. Uh, and the other four have gotten fired. <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a tough job. It's demanding. There's, there's a lot of resources, but, uh, there's a lot of expectations. Do you think he's ready for this kind of job? Well, you know, a lot of people might scoff at um, a Sunbelt coach making the jump to SEC coach without any interim step. Um, I, I think when he first got here, I think a lot of people thought there might have been an interim step before he finally got to there. Um, I do and will readily concede that he's probably in for a huge wake-up call. Um you know, much like the Gainesville media is not exactly the New York or the Philadelphia media, um, the Lafayette media is not the Gainesville media. Um, he's going to have a lot more coming at him than he had coming at him here. Um, but all that being said, if there's anybody who's equipped to handle it, just knowing, you know, what he does in terms of preparation and how locked in on stuff he is, although he might not be the most on-time person in the world, um, uh, I think he's, I think he's, I do think he's ready for it, but it, it is going to be, I think a little bit of a wake up call. And maybe that's, you know, reflected in the, in the contract too, in the, in the length of the contract and, and how it's a little bit more, uh, incentive based than, uh, for instance, the, uh, Brian Kelly contract is at LSU. 
Right. Uh, I want to ask more questions about the because he, he made another hire, defensive coordinator, guy that he brought from ULL and Patrick Tony. Um, and and just reading you guys' message boards, doing some digging, you guys think very highly of him. Um, and he was very important in you guys winning the Sun Belt this year. What's your opinion on Patrick Tony? Well, it's it's not so much what um, what media thinks of him or even what the fans think of him. It's what those kids think of him. Those kids love Patrick Tony, and he was young. Like you know, when he got the the he got promoted uh, not this season but last season. He was thirty years old, defensive coordinator. Um, he's off the Ron Roberts tree, who is the former Southeastern Louisiana head coach who ended up being uh, the defensive coordinator here for two seasons and now is the DC at, at Baylor. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good tree that's, you know, also produced for instance, uh, Pete Golding at, at Alabama. Um, and uh, um, the, the, the kids love him. He, he's all about prep. Um, they say that, you know, he's, he's shouting stuff, to them from the sideline on what's going to happen in the play, you know, before, uh, uh, you know, two seconds are, are, are off the, the, the play clock. Um, he sees everything. Um, uh, he's, he's, he, he, he did just get married, but he's pretty singular focus uh, in terms of football, football, football. He's talked before about kind of harboring some uh, NFL DC aspirations, but uh um, and I don't know if he's going to be DC or maybe co-DC down there, um, but I think I think people are going to be impressed by him. It might take a little bit to, you know, get it all put together, but um, he's got a good football mind. It seems. It seems. I, I I wonder what these wives, uh, how much they have to to carry, because it seems like Billy doesn't have many hobbies. That it's like wake up, and his hobby is football. No uh, it sounds like you just said Patrick Tony's hobby is is also football. Coaches with, with hobbies passion. get fired. That, mm-hmm. that, that's true. Now I will say this: um, he's got three little kids, um, mm. and you know, when, I know there's a lot of 11 p.m. meetings in that building, so I don't know when all he he's able to see the three little ones, especially during the season. Um, but during the COVID season. Uh, he was telling great stories about how he and his wife were kind of tag teaming them and, and was taking like morning duty to, to kind of be the, uh, the in school uh, uh, preschool teacher and, and uh, uh, young, uh, uh, I don't know, kindergarten, grade school, or early grade school type teacher, just like all the other schmoes out there uh, trying to figure out how to teach their kids uh, reading Brighton and arithmetic. So, uh, he if there is a hobby, it might sound weird, but um, it's the family. He's a he's a pretty religious guy. Mm. Uh, he's uh, um, uh, when I say religious, not like outwardly and all that, but a real faith based guy. Um, and and uh, he treasures that family and how he balances that with what he does football wise, how a lot of these guys, most of these guys are able to pull that off and a lot aren't. Um, but how he does it, it's mind boggling to me. Well, perfect. Well, Tim, 
It was an, an absolute pleasure getting to know you and a little bit more about Billy Napier uh, today. I do want to get your thoughts since I, I know you cover more uh, than just the University of Louisiana. Uh, what's the what are the thoughts on Brian Kelly's uh, dance moves in Louisiana today? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it, you know it was it was to a country song. It was a little Garth Brooks. Yeah, a little Garth Brooks. Colin Baton Rouge. Um, I think uh, uh, awkward was uh, the phrase of the day uh, going around with it. And that was a Lafayette kid, by the way, uh, uh, that that video went out with uh, uh, the quarterback, Walker Howard, um, uh, who's the son of, you guys might recognize the name, Jamie Howard, the, the mm. old LSU uh, uh, quarterback. And, I have no uh, idea who that uh, is, too. <laughs> <laughs> Walker uh, Walker looked uh, Walker looks I got you Walker looks slightly uncomfortable up there um, but uh, yeah I did a little thing on that and man, it got like 8 zillion page views so he can keep on dancing as far as I'm concerned <laughs> what, what was worse his I know a guy uh, like him what was worse, his dance moves or his overnight Southern accent and, and new Southern heritage Ooh. roots? Yeah, that was that was brutal. Um, I've been down here 10 years now. I'm obviously from up north, but I heard that and I just cringed. Oof. Tim, what do you think about him getting rid of – I don't want to hold you any longer. What do you think about him, uh, getting or getting rid of Corey Raymond? Well, and that was that was a really – interesting move. I mean, everybody's got their own guys and you got to come in and shake stuff up. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the recruiting. Cause um, you know, they, they had some cornerbacks that, that Corey Raymond, you know, was, was heavy on. And some of those kids are wavering a little bit now. Um, um, that one was interesting. And the Kevin Falk move was, was also interesting. You know, Kevin I'm from Lafayette and, uh, um, obviously has obviously has all those ties that he does to to LSU, and he kind of got left in the lurch too. A lot of people thought he might end up with some sort of um, off field type position and at least stay a part of the program, but but that didn't happen. But um, you know, you don't you don't get paid whatever it is ninety five million dollars to come in and keep the status quo from a six and six team that just spent. 16 point however many million to buy out their old coach who just won a national championship. Hmm. Well, Tim, we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we can get you on uh, again in the future, but it's an absolute pleasure getting to know, uh, like I said, you uh, and uh, Billy Napier and his time at Louisiana. Uh, if we don't talk to you, have a great uh, holiday season and, uh, and best of luck covering uh, Louisiana's bowl game. All right. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. And I hope the uh, Wi-Fi wasn't cutting in and out too bad on you. No, no you're good. We bad. appreciate you, Tim. Thank good, you. Good. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Happy, happy Kwanzaa, Tim. Oh, geez. There he is. Jeez. I don't know if they celebrate Kwanzaa in, uh, in Louisiana very much. Uh, but uh, He's on Google it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, we got uh, we got Eric uh, Fawcett sitting. Wait, in real the, quick, uh, what's the what's the what goes before Kwanzaa? Happy, Merry, no, uh, oh, happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, it's happy anything. Happy? You can't yeah. go wrong with happy. Yeah, okay, right. 
I don't celebrate Kwanzaa, so I don't know. Well, yeah. Speaking of happy, we're happy to talk to Eric about the, the <laughs> best coach on campus, Mike White. Man, I you know what? I just want to get can I I just want to shout it out that that Silk uh, struggled with the phrase a big ask about Billy yeah. Napier. <laughs> I mean, I, he was so confused. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, you got to see his face. I bring on I bring on professional people. <laughs> I was like, yo, Silk was a Silk was a second away from going pause. Yeah, I was. Almost got Eric. very childish. I mean, oh, Eric and I supporting the pod. Well, let's uh before we uh, before we bring Eric on, let's shout out our sponsor, Game Time Sidekicks. Visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code Stadium, get ten percent off. Uh, the best vacuum sealed, uh, aluminum, stainless steel. Pardon me. Uh, drinkware that you're going to get over 350 schools. They're actually going to be doing some really cool NIL stuff uh, potentially. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but some of the best drinkware uh, I know I drink out of it. Silk does Nick does uh, a lot right of you now. guys have supported them. Uh, big fan of the podcast, uh, really great company, really great product. So go visit gametimesidekicks.com. Use promo code stadium, get 10% off of your order. All right, Eric. The time has come. The Gators started miraculously. Wins over Florida State. Wins over Ohio State. Repent. The the Gator Repent for fan your base life, was Eric. was over the moon. Um, since then, Eric, some some things have gone a bit awry. Gators are one <laughs> and three in their last four, uh, including a loss to a Texas Southern team, uh, which handed an SEC team their first ever uh, loss from from the SWAC. So, Eric. What's happening, brother? Yeah, I mean, I, I was wrong, and I'm, I'm definitely here to say it. And uh, I, I think that one thing that, uh, you know, I definitely missed on was it was one thing when Florida kept making the same mistakes that a lot of teams have lost with in the last couple of years, and that's getting really young, trying styles of basketball that haven't really worked in uh, <laughs> the last decade. And for Florida to get really old this year, and then play a style of basketball that has worked at the college level and at the NBA level. Um, I was kind of like, Hey, finally, Florida is getting old. We're not going to have the moments where Mike White says, wow, we had a really bad week of practice and came in unfocused because I thought that's what happened to young teams. And that's what happened to Florida because they were young. The fact of the matter is now Florida has got one of the oldest teams in the country. And it's still, we had a bad week of practice and we came into the game unfocused. Um, or there was a bit of a new one against Maryland where he said we were starstruck. Um, which I hadn't heard that one before, but uh, you know what, like this is, uh, this is probably what's the most concerning to me because it's, it's really frustrating to continue to lose doing the same things. Um, and that was mm -hmm. the last couple of years, but now it's really concerning that Florida is finding new ways to lose and oh, getting really innovative. old. <laughs> a, a thought leader <laughs> on how to lose in new ways. No, um, but, uh, but that, that's the thing, right? Like, like Florida by getting really old, by getting all these transfers, you think that there wouldn't be, hey, we had bad weeks of practice. Hey, we came in unfocused. Um, that's just not something you expect. So, yeah, for them to come in the way they did, um, I certainly expected something. And I kind of spoke like I thought this team was going to be good. I thought they were, were not going to have the frustrating losses. And clearly I was very wrong. Eric, I want to talk about that Texas Southern game because I didn't watch it. Um, 
because I didn't think that there'd be a reason to. Uh, and plus, I don't think that TV personnel thought that that would be a game uh, that really mattered. So I think it was on like ESPN 37. Uh, what happened? How did the Gators lose not only to Texas Southern, but to lose by 15 points in a game that they were dominated? Uh, what happened? And so was it the look- same thing that happened against Maryland or was it one of our new innovative ways to lose? So – uh, the game before the week prior, they played against Oklahoma and lost and Oklahoma's coached by someone named Porter Moser, who I think is the best X and O's coach in college basketball. And he also plays the five out style of offense that Florida does. Um, but he does it a hundred times better. And he knew exactly what Florida was doing and he knew exactly how to stop it. And that's how they lost to Oklahoma because every, every action that Florida was trying to run, Oklahoma's like, we run this stuff. We run it three times better and we know how to stop it. So then you go to their next game and it's Texas Southern. Um, They've got a game of film of how Oklahoma was able to really neutralize what Florida was doing. And from the first possession of the game, um, they were getting Florida out of all their actions, denying every movement that that Florida needs to kind of make their offense work. And so that's how you see Florida have a night where they can hardly score and they end the game with 54 points. Uh, The other stat that's perhaps more concerning, especially against a team like Texas Southern from the SWAC is uh, they had 46 rebounds. Florida had 20, 23. So they doubled up Florida on the glass. So again, like I, I want to give Texas Southern some, some, you know, respect. They've got some really good dudes in the front court, some big time athleticism, some guys with really high major size and athleticism, but still man for to double up Florida on the glass. Uh, that's a tough one. That was a little bit of um, them being able to scramble Florida's defense um, for them to know exactly what Florida is trying to do offensively. So they're always in defensive rebounding position. Um, that's, that wasn't pure effort and toughness. It was also because they knew what Florida was doing and uh, they were able to uh, neutralize it. But I, I do think it kind of goes back to Porter Moser in Oklahoma showing the exact script of how to beat Florida. And then Texas Southern saying, Hey, we, we can do that. And we've got some big time athletes who can rebound. Uh, let's make it work. And that's how, uh, that's how Florida lost. So Florida is um, one and one and three in their last four. Um, SEC plays coming up in a couple weeks. I know we've got a couple games uh, between, up the place, man. between now and then. Um, Florida, a tournament team, an NIT team. I don't know if the CBI is still a thing, but where do you, where do you have Florida right now? <laughs> So the loss to Texas Southern is something called a quadrant four loss by kind of the NCAA sorting tool. Uh, um, real so quick, Eric, worst. those are not good. Yeah, that's my. That that's should a, be an immediately disqualifier, right? Egregious. Well, is what they said. So, egregious. So, so here's the analysis. So in the his the, in the fireable last, offense you know, is what the system is saying. In the last couple, in the last couple of years since the net started being a thing, there's been no team that has made the tournament that has a quadrant four loss. Mm. So does that mean that Florida is automatically disqualified? Uh, no, it certainly doesn't. But if Florida's on the bubble competing with teams with similar uh, resumes, those other teams with similar resumes are probably not going to have a quadrant four loss on the schedule. So for that reason, they've got to they've got to be a little bit better on on. Uh, uh, than just being on the bubble because that loss right there could take them out of it. Uh, again, this loss to Maryland. Maryland's not a great team. That is not going to age well. They they so, fired their coach just just days before, correct? Yeah, and uh, Danny Manning um, was uh, coach at Wake Forest, and they Wait, were really on. excited to get him. Interims? Uh, yeah. We got well, basketball I- Mike Norvell. 
<laughs> don't, don't. What? Nick, don't. We're losing Listen, to you're, interims, fam. You, that can't I, I don't happen. appreciate how you keep coming for my guy, Greg Knox. Uh, he has done an impeccable job. Knox, man. No, no disrespect to Knox, but when we can't lose the interims. Don't 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 put your 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 drive by bullets program. to Mike right, White. Sorry, don't Eric. let them hit. Don't let them hit Greg Knox. Uh, Interim coaches are people too, Nick. Um, Thank but, you. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, Mark Turgeon, someone who Maryland fans just got so upset with because they got in really good talent and kind of underachieved for a number of years. So he ended oh, up actually familiar. quitting. Yeah, they gave him a buyout, but he was just so done with the fans and the pressure there, and he quit. So eight games in the season, quits on his team. And Danny Manning, who was someone who was at Wake Forest last couple of years, they were really excited to get rid of him. So he got fired, and he ended up being um, on Maryland staff after a year of uh, ACC network um, TV work. And uh, that's the guy who Florida lost to. So, uh, And again, I just... Not only did Florida lose, but hey, Daddy Manning schemed it right up. Knew exactly how Florida was going to play pick and rolls. Uh, knew exactly what to do to to punish that, and uh, they end up winning. So, um, unfortunately, it was you know it's one thing to to lose and get out coached by Porter Moser, who from Oklahoma, who I think is a just a a plus coach. Um, but yeah, I mean Danny Manning, someone who Wake Forest chased him out of there and couldn't have been happier to be rid of him. Um, I think he got the best of of Coach White as well. So um, that's a uh, uh, a little bit of a concerning loss, and yeah, yeah, Corey, we uh, we did lose to a to an interim. There was a great blob though. Great, <laughs> always great, always fourth a quarter blob. Well, listen, Eric, I'm just trying to find some positives here. What's, a, um, what's the fourth quarter? A blob? Uh, second, second <laughs> half. Second half. Second half. Okay. Second half. Fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter of the second half in the basketball contest. Oh, very good. Expert analysis. Yeah. That's right why right. that's why people stick around for this show. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to find positives. Um, I agree with you, though. It's it, it's concerning when you have more graduate transfers, more seniors on the team than, than any other class. And you're talking about we had a bad week of practice. I appreciate the honesty. Hey, we had a bad week of practice and, and I was worried about this game. But why are you ha- like, are they just too old? Like, hey, they were very tired. Uh, we're a very old team, and they were tired. They didn't want to practice. That's concerning to me. Um, you would hope that an older team could fix that and say, like, whoa, hey, we can't do this anymore. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly concerning when you're losing to – I think Ken Palm had Texas Southern ranked, like, 240th in the country. Um, there's only, like, 320 teams, so that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think the the 6-0 start uh, – Obviously, I was getting my Mike, my Mike White lies off, um, but I, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, being FSU, that's a good win, um, but what are you going to do when you get into the SEC? And I think that's uh, – now we're getting a little more concerned uh, in because of recent events as that gets closer. Yeah, and I mean, it's another thing, too, where, you know, you beat Florida State and you crush them, and it's like, wow, that's awesome. What a huge win for Florida, which, you know, it kind of is, but – um, what has Florida State done since? They lost to Syracuse, who's not very good, and then they lost to South Carolina, who's really bad. So, I mean, suddenly that win is not looking like it was at the time and maybe an indication that Florida wasn't quite what we thought they were after they beat Florida State. And the other thing, too, for anyone who's turned on a Florida game, you'll see them just pressure intensely. They go with a three-quarter court or full court and, and kind of press full court. Uh, you kind of look at Florida State, their weakness, they don't have good guards. You know, Florida beats California, they don't have good guards. Ohio State, who Florida beat, um, they're a good team, but all their talent 
bounce in the front court. They don't have good guards. So Florida gets some of those good quality wins that we're talking about. But it was almost one of those things where I think Florida's really frantic, high-pressure style. Yeah, it did well to beat teams with really bad guards. But then you play Oklahoma and you play Maryland, who have okay guards. They're not even great guards. They're okay to maybe good guards. And they're kind of having their way with Florida's defense. So, again, maybe a little bit of fool's gold when, when Florida was beating these teams with kind of below-average guard play. Well, how does that compare to other teams in the SEC? And we don't need a 14-team rundown, but, you know, does does the SEC have a lot of strong, you know, guard teams? Or I, mean, uh, yes. I know every game <laughs> matters, do. but, yeah. Yeah, they certainly do. And, and I think that that's something where when you're kind of thinking as a coach, like how are you going to win in your league? Like I'm not really interested in what's – what's the style of play that's going to be Troy and Milwaukee and even, you know, bad high major teams like California, it's how do you win your league? So um, certainly concerning to me looking towards all these teams that have really dynamic guard play. It's like, does Florida think with some guys that aren't, you know, like I, I love Brandon McKissick and I love Flanders Fleming. These, these guys they brought in, I think they play really hard, but they're not, as athletic as a lot of similar players in the sec. So if you're trying to get them out there and say, Hey, our style of play is to play really frenetically and to really pressure on the perimeter. Well, that's what just got them beat against Maryland. And I, like mm-hmm. I said, Maryland, okay. Guards nowhere near the caliber of guards that Tennessee has and Auburn has, and even Kentucky has, and, you know, I could go up and down the list. So um, once again, just a little bit of a concerning element to yeah, how Florida like- has, has played. And, like, just as a reminder, like, this is a bad, like, Maryland team. Like, Maryland has historically, Correct. well, at least in the last 20 years, like, been been pretty good. They've had some some good teams, but this isn't one of them. Um, so, this is, a, this is a bad a bad loss, no matter what quadrant it's in. Um, Have we considered that maybe Mike White is just trying to turn FSU's loss to Florida into a quadrant four loss to sabotage Ooh. the Seminole season? Never thought chess, about it that way. Chess, not checkers. That's right. Um, Fire up the extension machine for Mike White. That I might know, be the I case. I know. Like I'm going to ask you this too, Eric, because like um, Nick was on board last time saying there was no way that Dan Mullen could get fired, right? Mm, I remember those. So, you know, I like to like throw these things out in, the, in this energy out in the air a little bit, Eric. Is there any way you could foresee Michael Blanco possibly not having this job? I mean, he's got a, you know, decent extension uh, last year with a bunch of other, you know, yeah, coaches such as Neubauer. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it is different, I guess, because Florida is a football school and they're not a basketball school. And that maybe kind of gives you an indication of the role well, that Mullen has. School, Eric, I don't know where you like if they gave you the uh, orientation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Actions speak louder than words sometimes. And uh, I feel you. I, on I that. think. Um, here's the thing is like, I think if, if someone like Strickland is waiting for Mike White to do something fireable, like be so bad that they're, you know, in the NIT or CBI, uh, like dad said, um, or take or miss the tournaments entirely or whatever. I I just don't know if Florida is ever going to bottom out like that because we haven't seen it over the last six years. But Mm -hmm. I think there's just got to be some point where you say, Hey, it's, it's not about, do we have a coach until he does something that's worth firing it's do we look to see if we can improve in that area and will Strickland think that way I I don't think he's kind of shown that yet but I think that there's there's got to be a time where it's not just like hey has has White done something so bad that we need to fire him immediately and go from there it's 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 got to be hey can we look at all the coaches in college basketball and can we improve in this area because if we are in everything school if we want to be elite in college basketball 
um, we have to look at every element of the program and where we can improve. And I think that just like you improve um, facilities, sometimes you've got to look at coaches and say, hey, mm -hmm. can we improve in that area? Not is it so bad that it needs to be cut? Um, mm -hmm. Can we improve in this area? And uh, I, I think that that might be right. the situation for a Mike White more than him playing so his team's being so poor and, and out of the NCAA tournament picture um, that uh, that he gets the ax. Yeah. I think that that's ultimately like what made the turn for a lot of people, Dan Mullen. It, it wasn't necessarily like, is the next coach that you're going to hire be better than Dan Mullen? It's like, do we accept that this in its current iteration is unacceptable and we right. have to go try to find someone else whether that person ends up being better or not and we kind of figured out he was trying to get fired too like, well already, that too that he kind of want to get fired oh, we gotta we yeah, gotta yeah. do this <laughs> but but i think you know when when i think of the, the basketball program and there's a lot of defenders of mike white out there and listen i'm not and i've admitted it many times i'm not the most knowledgeable basketball person i am not the, the closest like watcher of you know florida gators basketball but the pulse around those including yourself um, that are watching Florida Gators basketball is there seems to be a lot of like frustration that has now turned into a lot of apathy where expectations are just, we may make the tournament. We may have a surprising win, but like, this isn't a consistently like fun team to watch. Yo, look it's at Bama. A, like Bama look like winning team. You would right? think Bama have the, the recent natties like we have the way they care about basketball and the way they treating it. So I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's the general tone that I see is apathy, and I feel like that's the worst emotion that you can have right, as right. a fan base. I know we gotta fire somebody. I would like you to to be in my Twitter account during basketball games. No, not, not apathy but, yet. Uh, but definitely no, I anger. Think, no, no. Apathy. I think the thing is, is like a lot of it is like for Twitter show, right? Like I think a lot of it is like frustration at like Mike White. And I think that there's frustration towards him. I think that there's apathy towards the basketball program, right? Mm. I think it's, this is who we're stuck with. He's going to be, you know, get us to this level potentially, but that's it, right? And I think that the, the care that a lot of people had has certainly fallen off. I mean, I think that it's still pointing Mike White's direction, but I think the care. Yeah, they, yeah I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree that, that the ball is kind of being dropped a little bit. Like what Billy, what Billy, the effort he put into like building is kind of like being turned back into like we're just a football school. And at one point in time, we were going back to back in basketball. And, and, and basketball actually mattered, but – uh, and I and I watch it less. I, I care less about it right now, just because the product. I don't like it, man. And it's just like I don't foresee a change. So I like I watch less, man. So um, there's there's something to what Dan's saying. Yeah, and I mean, I would. I, I mean, I guess this would be up, up to you guys, but I would guess if Florida is a six or seven or eight seed in the next three NCAA tournaments and wins the first game and loses the second, um, that's not going to move the needle for you two guys. So I think it's just up to the administration to say, hey, is that cool with us? Are we cool being like semi-relevant nationally, but not grabbing the the serious Gator fans here at home? Mm -hmm. um, or do we make a change? And, and one thing I think is really interesting that you talked about Alabama is Alabama was kind of like, hey, we've got money. We think we can recruit because we're Alabama, even though we, you know, have not been a quote unquote basketball school, we're going to get the best basketball coach we can. So Nate Oates, who's there now, they hired him from Buffalo. 
Um, and uh, he was only at Buffalo for a couple of years because before that he spent 11 years as a high school basketball coach. So they oh, just well. saw, Hey, he, we think schematically he is incredible. Talent. We love his energy. Right. And we think because we have incredible facilities and because we're Alabama, we can get talent. And if we get a guy who can win, um, we're going to win over fans. Man, and Bama, Bama play just here. think Bama got the right idea. Like just grab talent and throw money at it. <laughs> well that that's the thing right hey if you get everything talent coaching talent player talent let's just grab talent and throw money at it then it creates more money business yes man mm. it's beautiful so it's an, it's it's an interesting parallel uh you made but um so again it's just does does florida want to and and hey i know I, the, the parallels between florida and maryland who's coach did just get a run out of town or you know somewhat similar i think i think again turgeon mark turgeon who's the coach who just quit in maryland he was not very well liked and something that i know nick likes to remind people and i remind people too and just or people know too is like you know mike white is a very likable person and he's a good person and he's an honest person and people, people, people like that mark turgeon was not that um so <laughs> he just had no he had no uh he had no rope when it no redeeming qualities. Like that. But again, Mark that was Turgeon. kind of a Maryland thing where they came to the conclusion. They're just like, hey, yeah, for Mark Turgeon. So um, they, they decided, hey, we don't want to continue to kind of toil in, in mediocrity. So let's let's make a change. And um, so I'll just I'll, I'll just be interested if Florida season kind of continues to go maybe on the trajectory it is right now. It could be on the bubble, which with a quadrant four lots can mean you're on the wrong side of the bubble. Um, or even if it's on the positive side, if, if things kind of go to a couple four years, I'll, I'll just be interested like to see what that's Quadrant four just sounds like what? he got to go. Like something was violated. Well, again, it's 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 just so unprecedented. Uh, you don't know exactly how much it's going to hurt you. That will you now you see Florida going to steal one, but yeah. I mean, Eric, what's the equivalent? I mean, that would be a, that would be like that would be the equivalent of losing to like a D two football program, right? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that again. People also like to point at 0-7 Texas Southern and say, wow, they're 0-7. Like, they must suck. The thing is, I mean, they're an HBCU uh, yeah, small yeah, conference. They don't must suck. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they so, don't I mean, must suck, Eric. If they're 0-7, no, so they, Eric, they stink. Well, I mean, they, they, I mean they, they kept getting bought by high major teams. So it's not like they lost to a bunch of really bad teams. I mean, they beat team or they lost to teams worse than Florida. I'll tell you that much, but it's not like, like they're by the end of the season, like they're, like they're the favorites to win their conference. They're the favorites to win the swag. So we could see them as a 50. Yeah. We're not in the swag. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I, get I, get, I get that for sure. I get that for sure. But again, yeah. to say, I mean, this to say, is the is first time like, a swag but, team but that, ever beat an SEC team, right? Uh, in the uh, not the first time, but the first recently, and then it was the first time I think it was the first time that a SWAT team beat a ranked SEC team. But I'm just saying uh, that comparing it to a Division two loss, that would be that uh, would be a huge stretch. Right. But I mean, it would um, be yeah. like losing, yeah, it would be like losing to whatever. Uh, I I don't know, call I don't know the lowest level of college F football enough. FCS. To, yeah, like it would be like, oh, you lost to the Idaho Vandals or whatever. Like that would be the, oh, you know, wow. kind of maybe equivalent. But it wouldn't be Division <laughs> that's Two. That's a, that's a horrendous <laughs> loss. That'd be egregious, Eric. <laughs> it's, it's tough that's when I start trying to make college loss. football uh, yeah. <laughs> comparison. To quote Silk just like a month and a half ago, that's an egregious loss. For sure. <laughs> Oh man, Eric. Well, man, we, as always, we didn't obviously do a proper introduction. You don't need an introduction. ESPN is shouting you out, but remind everybody where they can read, my man. Uh, read your articles and follow you on social media. 
Yeah, it's always uh, always good to be on, guys. Thank you so much, and always happy to admit when I'm when I'm wrong, and uh, that happened on your show. So thanks for still keeping me back. But you can uh, yeah. people can follow me on Twitter at efos at seven, um, and uh, you can read all my stuff for free at GatorCountry.com. Right, Eric, right, stand right. in the paint so, with me. We're defending yeah. Blanco. We're going down with the ship, Eric. Nick leads the league in being wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, if you got to be good, or if you got to do something, be good at it. I'll, I'll be. I'll lead the league. In that. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know. know. It is. I don't know. So, <laughs> all right, guys. I'll see you next week. I'm gonna get out of here with Eric. <laughs> Eric, we appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Woo! Stay hey, take warm. Care. And <laughs> take care, guys. Happy holidays. And what we just learned is have a blessed Kwanzaa as well. Yeah, happy Kwanzaa, Eric. Hey, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> so throwing everyone off this week. Oh, Being man. Good. Eric Fawcett, one of my favorite uh, guests that we get uh, onto this show. Uh, but before, well, let's get into some more coaching hires. We've got a lot of things to get into uh, before the show's over. Uh, the Gators announced, I believe, four. And if I missed anybody, I am sorry. Uh, the Gators have announced four uh, new additions to their staff. Um, Andrew Burkett uh, is going to be the director of research and evaluation. Uh, interesting hire. Uh, spent a number of years uh, with uh, Louisiana uh, and Billy Napier staff. But before that, actually worked uh, at 247 Sports, analyzing uh, players and prospects. Is that Raw Wave? Yeah, no, 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 no. He's coming no, up. Okay. Yeah. He's coming up next, but uh, no, Andrew Burkett, uh, university of Alabama uh, worked in the football program. I don't know what his exact role there was uh, then went to work for two, four, seven uh, and worked for uh, Louisiana. So he's going to be the director of research and evaluation. I think when you talked about nerds, uh, so this is probably one of the ones that you were uh, you were considering. No. Um, but he's going to join, uh, in my opinion, director of research and evaluation, probably a guy that's going to be the one that's handling the board and everything that's associated with that. So uh, we'll probably learn a little bit more about these roles as it comes out. But um, but yeah, so shout out to Andrew Burkett. Uh, this is the, the hire that you were talking about. So Joe Hamilton, uh, joins the team as a personnel analyst on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I would imagine personnel analyst is a recruiting analyst. Uh, so that is their title. Joe Hamilton, the Rob wave lookalike. Yeah. I, I like these hires, man. I don't remember seeing these job titles on uh, shots Billy with all the creative job titles. That's kind of like the theme of the show, right? Yeah. Um, but I like all these evaluators, all these people. This is gonna be a very analytical, progressive. This is progressive football when you're getting all the nerds around it. I don't think we had this type of energy um beforehand. And then Did we? Jamar- oh, go ahead. Am what? I tripping? No, we 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 had people in our Florida had people in these roles. Uh, they definitely were never announced. And I think it was Thomas Goldcamp that put a tweet about it, uh, okay. that he, you know, is appreciative that, uh, the staff is announcing these hires, uh, you know, whether you hear their names or not ever again, um, you know, maybe a different story, but the, sh- the, the fact that they are, you know, I know that a lot of the Gator media had to, uh, go onto the Gator website, you know, this time every year to kind of see if it was updated with a new name and who that person might be. Uh, but they never really made, uh, announcements. So it is cool to see these guys that are, you know, back room, back office type of guys that, that these you people may matter, see fan. that are, sure. yeah, these guys matter. I mean, these are, you know, these guys are not, not putting in 60 hours a week. You know, these guys are, are there doing dirty work and grunt work. So 
Uh, these guys deserve a shout out uh, as well. Uh, big name coming back to University of Florida, Jamar Chaney. Uh, you'll remember Jamar Chaney served in the first year of Dan Mullen's staff uh, as a recruiting analyst. Uh, went back to Mississippi State. Mistake. Uh, yeah, but back to big Mississippi mistake. State. Yeah, went back to Mississippi State. Uh, assumed a new role by there, Mullen. So. I would say not. Yeah, Chaney. yeah, yeah. Uh, mistake by Mullen. Like that guy should have never, never got out of here. No, no, no. I agree. Um, Jamar Chaney went from recruiting analyst at Florida to a defensive quality control type of analyst at his alma mater, Mississippi State. He comes back to the University of Florida as a defensive analyst. Again, more of that quality control type of role, doing inside linebackers and outside linebackers. Uh, but he was doing a very similar role at Mississippi State, his alma mater. So to get him back to Florida in a very, you know, in the, a very similar role, uh, no real title change is a big coup, I think, uh, for Billy Napier and, and his staff. I'm sure there was more money being thrown around, but you know, to pull somebody from their alma mater for the same type of role uh, is big. But he's an incredibly uh, talented guy on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, we'll see how he is. You know, back office coaching, don't really know, you know, much about it. But a guy that played, you know, college football, played in the NFL, uh, is a guy that that knows uh, the game of football. So you always want guys like him around. Yeah, another relationship guy. So um, we're not like everybody. I got I got a few DMs of, of just fans asking me, uh, are we concerned about our relate Florida relationships with the staff that Billy's bringing on a lot of Louisiana um, ties, uh, and I just think like the off the field guys. I mean, plus, I think Corey Raymond can record, uh, recruit anyway. He's been all around the Florida, Jacksonville, Dade, Broward, uh, getting the best defensive backs if they're in Florida or not in Florida. So uh, he's a guy that can go anywhere and recruit, but. Um, guys like Cheney help you relationship wise. He has some good ties in the state of Florida. He's from St. Lucie County. Mm -hmm. Um, a guy that's just a South Florida guy. Yep. Um, good so hire. Big get, uh, for university of Florida. And then finally, uh, ashore, uh, Pira, uh, who was the director of player engagement at ULL, uh, I think mm -hmm. is assuming a similar type of role, uh, here at the University of Florida, I uh, don't know his job title or his responsibilities yet. But if you follow the Gators uh, coaching staff on social media, this is the bald-headed bald fellow with the goatee. Uh, that's literally in every photo uh, of recruiting visits and everything else. So he's been out on the road, you know, as he's the Gators don't have a full staff. Say what? He's teleporting. We, he's we got teleporting. rid of the jet. Yep. We got a teleporter. Yep. And he is a guy. Yeah, I can't track that. Yeah, <laughs> he um, he coach or he was a uh, a high school coach um, that uh, that unfortunately resigned a few years ago. I guess fortunately for us, resigned a few years ago uh, from the Leesburg area. Uh, had mm -hmm. some run-ins with some some active recruiting of high school players. Uh, so oh, okay, uh, okay, spent, okay. yeah, spent some time at Louisiana Lafayette uh, and joins the University of Florida staff. So. Uh, probably some welcome like allegations in Gainesville. Yeah. So, ooh, we're cheating. I like the vibe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it ain't cheating now. Cheating, you ain't winning. It ain't cheating now. Like, you're allowed to cheat now. So that should but round that out. Right? I think we've got everybody <laughs> else named. You know, I would imagine that we'll start to see some more names popping up here soon. Uh, you know, Wednesday is National Signing Day, uh, early National Signing Day. 
uh, I would imagine you'll start to see some movements from coaches, not only to Florida, but around the country, uh, probably starting on, on Thursday yeah, or Thursday, Friday, man. It's going to yep. get busy. Things going to get real busy. So um, I guess, do we want to talk about that at all? Um, you know, there's been a lot of names thrown around. Uh, Tosh Lapoy from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars is a name uh, that's been thrown around. Um, we we getting like updates as we go. So what are you what are you hearing about Tosh? We we talked about a pre-show. Um, yeah, been some some rumors about like maybe him getting cleared or something. So what are you hearing? Yeah, so it's my it's my understanding. Um, you know, and I. I, I I don't often like to throw this out there, you know, without it being, you know, multiple source confirmed, but I think some other people are putting it out there as well that I don't think that he's going to end up at the university of Florida. Uh, I don't think that, um, you know, it, it's something that's been cleared. It's my understanding that, you know, there was, there was maybe a desire for him to join the staff that, that maybe the kibosh has been put on that. Um, so I don't expect to see Tosh Lapoy uh, at the university of Florida. Never mm. say never, but I thought it um, – Yeah. So he was rehomed by Nick Saban. I think there were some uh, – I think the NCAA was starting to look around. And Who Nick the Saban, hell is listening to the SEC right now? Like Nick, <laughs> Nick Saban uh, got, right now? got Tosh a job uh, in Cleveland. Um, he's now with uh, – speaking of sinking ships, he's now in Jacksonville. No, that's a Jack- sunk ship. Shout out to the Silks hey, hey, team. Hey, 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 relax. Shout Gosh, out to man. Silks. I, I come here to get away from my NFL problems. Shout not like talk about it. Silks them. NFL team. No, man. The do fighting that. mighty Jaguars of Duval. Hey, oh, we got to get Urban out of there, bro. We got to get Urban on the show. He got some questions to answer about his work ethic and micromanagement. No, I like I like the meeting he called. Like He kept it real with them boys and called them losers. I like it. <laughs> they are losing. He hired him though. So yeah, that's that's nuts. He somebody put an article out. I forgot who it was that like compared to winning records of everybody that's on the staff. And I think there's only one coach on the staff that has a worse record, you know, in their career than Urban Meyer does. So um he's a guy that won a college, but uh, certainly not winning the hearts, minds, uh, and souls of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's checked out. Fans he, he's, or fans. He's very checked out. Um oh yeah. He's like the Dan Mullen vibes. Dan Mullen checked out as well. Urban Mice checked out. Jack Wise got to figure out if they want to like fire him or not. But he's checked out. He's, so, yeah, so Nick, you were you were saying never say never. Uh, never say never. Um, I I don't know, and I've said all along. I didn't know Florida does not like to be on probation. Uh, we're, we're on probation. Hmm. What in the seventies? Yeah, eighties. Um, eighties. Just cheating now, man. Like, they were in the, they were in the they were on probation right before Spurrier and like for Spurrier's first year, right? Uh, well, yeah, but they were also on probation in the the early eighties. I don't think it was right okay. before Spurrier. I think it was like eighty three, eighty four. Gotcha. Who is on my, probation? My, my probation is on probation. Florida it's just no, got off NCAA probation. NCAA is dead, fam. When like, was the Florida. last time a school was like on real like probation? Was it like Pro- SMU? What, what is probation? No, the only the last team was probably Miami. They were just dumb enough to like probation themselves. Like the NCAA never did anything to Miami. Um, well, Florida's head coach, dead, man, Florida's head uh, coach just Tashin. was Florida's head coach was just on probation, just had a show cause. Yeah, so yeah. the answer to your question is Florida. 
Well, no, no, no. I meant like real probation, you know? Yeah, not. Not like Dan Mullen can't travel. He didn't want to recruit Dan, anybody. Dan, it's like, oh, man, yeah, I got to stay big, home and not travel. He probably tried to do that in hindsight. Like, yeah. yeah. He turned himself in anonymously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, this is definitely not Dan Mullen, but that yeah, Dan yeah. Mullen guy is running rampant, cheating yeah. all over the place. You should make sure he doesn't uh, – he can't yeah. go off campus to recruit anymore. Man, yeah. sculling. This is that's, a, that's a big brain. Um, um, yeah, so I, I don't know that if, if Tosh would pass a UF vetting, um, that I know that he was vetted, uh, by UF uh, within the first week that Billy was here. Um, you're gonna have to wait till the end of the Jaguar season, you know, uh, if he is gonna go anywhere, but also I was told that. Tosh would want to be the uh, the defensive coordinator and, and call plays. Um, is that an op- Is that an opportunity that Dan Lanning might give him in in at Oregon? Um, it, it, are you going to call plays if you're co DC with Patrick Tony at Florida? Um, those are those are interesting things that we need to you know. Take right, into right, right, right. I want to see where it goes if it's not like uh, if it's not Tosh. Um, I know mm-hmm. Chris Rumpf is a name that's coming mm-hmm. that I heard coming like on the defensive line front. Um, I would like that hire. Uh, they have a former relationship with at, at Alabama. Uh, they have a Nick Saban tie. He's mm-hmm. been at University of Florida before, so he knows the lay of the land. Um, wouldn't mind that hire. Um, but if Duh, it's not Tosh, I would like to know who who else is on that board, Cole DC wise. I'm with you, Nick. Um, never say never type thing. Mm-hmm. I just think all bets are off with the NCAA type. They might, they might just be like, yeah, and and that's just what I'm hearing today, right? Um, you know, and I'm not the type of guy that says, hey, like, oh, like magically it worked out. They were able to work it out. Just from from a couple conversations that I had today, um, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, so I know that right. uh, Mike Peterson's name was thrown around, uh, not necessarily in that code DC role, but just in general. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot will shake out here in the next couple of days. I mean, you, you look at all of the coaches that have been hired around the country, what 25 plus of them, very few position coaches have been announced. There's been a lot of coordinators and moving, you know, at that level, but not a lot of position coaches have been announced. So I think that you're going to start to see more, not only over the next couple of days with early signing day, but after the bowl season and then after the NFL season. So the next, you know, four weeks will be, uh, There'll be a lot of fireworks about what's what's moving around because every right. time somebody moves creates different opportunities. So you just you just never know. So so hold right. on to your butts, as they say. That's, cra- <laughs> that's that's a crazy way to put it. But yeah, I think the only assistance you really see moving is is when a coach take them along with them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you're not seeing anybody being really poached. And I think that goes to like the culture of culture and, and then just being respectful because signing day's Wednesday. Um, right. Some of these guys. Like you said, they're, they're making deals behind the scene, but they, they're not going to move until, like, after early signing day. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, what is recruiting anymore? Like, these guys mm-hmm. can sign today and be in the portal by summertime. Um, I mean, it happened so, with like, Jadarius Perkins, right? Right. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, how much I really care about, like, how much stock I put into any of this at this point. Because, like, you really could care, and these kids could get there and be gone six months from now. Is no, there's none stopping them. Yeah, it used to be a lot dirtier. You would see before the transfer portal. Um, I remember 
I can't remember what year it was, but I remember a signing day and an early signing period. And then like the Thursday after dozens of coaches being like, yep, I'm, I'm up and out of there. And players didn't have uh, another course of action. They, they signed them a dotted line. They're right. stuck and, and they'd have to sit out a year and the coaches were allowed to move freely. You're going to see coaches all across the country leave the school that they're at Thursday and Friday and go to new places 24 hours after kids signed to go play for them, um, you know, at, at one school. Um, so I'm glad those that the transfer portal. Those, those they kids can do it now. And those, those kids, kids can go, leave now, yeah. So it's like, it's going to be a circus. Like, there's going to have to be some type of, like, barriers around this eventually. Like, if not, it's going to turn into a complete free agent circus. I think you, I think you, I liked the early signing period when they, when they brought it up. I think, yeah, I, I don't know that it makes sense anymore. It doesn't. It's mm-hmm. dead. This is the last year. There's, there already, there's too many complaints. I think they're already moving to like transition it out. Uh, this is the, well, it's making, the last time we see it's it. It's making coaches leave their spots. Brian Kelly's right. team could have made the playoff, and he was like, yo, I'm out later. Because the, these coaches are thinking, well, I can't afford to wait until the end of the year because right. you're going to have 60% of a signing class, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a recruiting class gone. You know, by the time I get to a place, I can't do it. So now you're getting coaches quitting on their teams. Well, and you're getting coaches fired early. You're getting coaches fired earlier too, right? Like, I mean, I think Brian Kelly was fired on a team that's heading into the playoffs, though. That's a big weirdo. We're we're not gonna like that's a normal thing with Brian Kelly, dude. He's only like weirdo doing that type of stuff. Lincoln Riley dipped. They're they're a New Year's Six bowl. Later, yeah. I mean, speaking speaking of which, uh, you know. Quick, uh, quick plug for that uh, the tweet that I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but um, Mike Gundy's uh, agent had quite a presentation for Scott Strickland. Uh, That's over not under... Mike Gundy's agent. Oh, wait, who was it? I, I don't know who that guy is, but he's not. He doesn't represent Mike Gundy. Oh, very well. Somebody made a uh, very well presentation on Mike Gundy's behalf. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> That's great content. Yeah, yeah, well, I saw it. Hey, SI now said his agent, so my apologies. All right, so um, there's there also uh, some discussion on uh, Jawan Sider uh, potentially coming back. Uh, you'll remember Jawan Sider served uh, on the Gator staff as running backs coach uh, with Jim McElwain for, for some time, uh, stayed for about three weeks with Dan Mullen, um, and then moved on to Penn State. Um, any commentary? Uh, that we want to have on Jawan Sider joining the University of Florida. Yeah, I think it's just more of the same. I think mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's interest there from University of Florida. There's some interest from a lot of schools. He's one of the top uh, just positional skill position coaches in the country. So there's some interest there, but I don't foresee anything happening. I know there were some people, a lot of rumors and smoke on message boards about maybe something being announced today, uh, which is Monday. Uh, and I just kind of like put that out. Uh, kibosh, whatever you say, kibosh, put yeah, the kibosh, the kibosh. On uh, shout out to the kibosh. Uh, yeah, not, not, nothing was going to be announced today. This is not how how this worked, man. Um, it's just a respectful thing. So, uh, I don't think any decisions have been made, I don't think anything has been signed, but definitely nothing's going to happen before Wednesday. Um, Thursday, Friday, we'll start seeing some movement with like coaches. So, I think. <clears throat> Anything with side is going to happen is be the same thing. I don't think anything's going to happen before Wednesday. Hmm. You'll have the Gator uh, fan base in a tizzy. 
I don't have any tizzy. I, I've been keeping it a bean, man. I don't, yeah, you have. I don't know who's saying what on these message boards, but shout out to I, that. Uh, and they may have some, they may have something. I don't know. But announcement wise, I didn't I didn't foresee any announcements being made. I didn't get any any type of uh confirmations as far as that. Well, thanks for keeping it a bean. Uh, anybody else <laughs> <laughs> that you guys are are hearing connected with this uh, coaching staff? Hmm. I saw the Chris Ruff. I'm not hearing a lot. Wide receiver coach um, Nick had a little smoke, but I'm not hearing a whole lot. Um, we're not going to get the quarterback, no OC, so the staff is, is set up a little different. We get an right. extra defensive uh, coach because of the way uh, the quarterback and the OC positions being handled. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, so they're going to have two, you know, uh, offensive line coaches. There's going to be, you know, another coach that's, that's available there. I am very interested to see how that does play out. Uh, you know, there's been, I, I think that you can also see the type of quarterbacks, you know, that he's going after and potentially targeting. Uh, but also I think, you know, and Silk, you mentioned it earlier, uh, there is an absolute free agency market right now. Uh, you have quarterbacks from uh, Tennessee, USC, Clemson, um, you know, schools all over the country, uh, Texas A&M, uh, you know, schools from all over the country that, you know, they're having, you know, their four and five star former wide, or, uh, quarterbacks transferring. Uh, you know, so I think it'll be interesting to see how this hmm. all does play out. Uh, what do you, you do know, with right now? It's your quarterback room. Do you, do so you, this do you is, entertain one? You got an injured quarterback right now who you do think is maybe the future of your, your program in right. our mind, not in Billy's mind, in our mind. We think AR is the future, but he's he got the injury bug and he's out right now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of talent, uh elite talent on paper talent in the portal right now. Do you explore that? You have to. Uh you know, th this is this is my my thought is you have to go and get the, the individuals that you think you can trust to turn the keys over to, right? Um, you know, whether Anthony Richardson or Emory Jones is that guy in Billy Napier's mind, I don't know. And we don't know right now. We know that Anthony Richardson's not playing in the bowl game. Um, so it's going to be Emory Jones's, you know, opportunity to shine after that, after December was a 23rd. We'll see. I think that there's a lot of talent, um, I think that there's going to be a guy or two that Billy Napier wants out of that portal. You know, Anthony Richardson or Emory Jones, I don't see both of them on the roster next year. After that, Jalen Kitna and Carlos Del Rio, you know, where do they fit in Billy Napier's, you know, scheme? I think that there's too much talent, you know, on the transfer portal market right now to not go after somebody. And we can, you know, we'll discuss that in the next couple of weeks, you know, once we get through the bowl game and everything. But I think there's too much talent you know, on the market to not go out and get somebody. And then they've got to go find, you know, somebody immediately uh, in the, uh, you know, in the recruiting ranks as well. I know that they just did offer uh, a 7A Georgia uh, football quarterback uh, named uh, Robbie Roper. Ooh. Uh, no, that name's no, going to no, give no. some people did, some. They, uh, did, did they no, 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 no uh, relation. That, yeah, yeah. No relation to Kurt Roper. No, that's a real um, offer. Dude, uh, I dude, dude, dude's tearing it up. At yeah, a high level in Georgia. Yeah, he um, he's seven A. Uh, Ryan O'Hara uh, liked his film. He said uh, they wanted um, 
to get together with him in the next couple of days. Uh, he currently is getting, uh, he has offers from UMass, Moorhead State, Morgan State, and Western Carolina. However, UF, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt are recruiting him uh, now as well. So we will see okay, right now a two-star, three-star guy. Excuse me, Moorhead what? Yeah, yeah I got to yeah. hear the company. Yeah, because, yeah. No, no, because, I mean, this name is already in, like, like group chat, so we're already mm-hmm. discussing this behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, I think like, fans are already putting a name on the back of a jersey, right? Right. right. So. No, all about back of a jersey. Uh, probably about to put uh, Billy on the on the front of a milk carton. Um, <laughs> that too. When they seen the stars that that's going out or the offer that's going out to these number of stars, but if we're in the company of that type of people recruiting, and we'll see it play out because we're gonna keep it a bean. Yeah. Then keep we'll see who really after him. And we'll see, but um, I mean, you just let a, a rivals one hundred uh, quarterback go. Um, so it's Oklahoma. It's, it's going. It's to Oklahoma. It's definitely going to be. It's going to come with criticism, for sure. He was one hundred and ninety of two hundred and seventy three passing with thirty seven touchdowns. Also had four hundred sixty five yards rushing. Um, so yeah, it, was, it was. It was said that I, well, I'm just for, hearing, and, and this is not Woodstock. concrete. But I'm hearing that they wasn't really fond of, of ever senior film as well. Like it wasn't the best of film. Hmm. Um, I would like to see this two star film though. And I'm not gonna say anything because Kyle Trash was a two star, so I'm not gonna yeah. talk reckless. You know? Yeah. This is the Georgia Kyle Trask. I don't know about all that. Uh, let, let me be still regardless, even that, even that take, you still gotta explore the portal. Like regardless yeah. of whoever you take, and this mm-hmm. is a transition class, so my take on the transition class, they always terrible. So, like, if Billy got a different approach or maybe a transitional class, he's done this before. We'll see how it works out. But every transitional class, if you look around just college football, they're trash. They never they, – they, they don't pan out. So, let's see what the approach is. Um, getting guys that actually fit your system because – and I think one of the reasons they're trash is because the guy that's coming in usually has to work with the board that the previous staff had fit for their scheme. So he's coming in trying to salvage, and back then it was different than now. The only way to acquire talent was mm-hmm. through just recruiting. Now it's a different, it's a different game, and it's yeah. a different approach. So I want to see how he approaches it. Well, and you you see, you know, four and five star guys. You see multiple year starters, uh, you know, as well. You know, uh, Keaton Slovis from USC, right. uh, um, Zach Calzada from Texas A and M. Um, Bo Nix, you know, I don't think he's going to come to Florida, you know, but multi-year starter uh, at Auburn. So, you know, you see a lot of big names. You're, you're going to continue to see, I think even more, you know, Dylan Gabriel from UCF, you know, there's, there's people that are out there uh, that have done well um, and were highly regarded and highly recruited. uh, But now it's an opportunity where you can go, you can transfer. You don't have to sit out a year. There's an opportunity to, be under a new coach who doesn't have any ties to anybody that he recruited on that staff, you know, more likely than not, you know, this might be an opportunity for a guy that maybe was sitting behind a generational guy or sitting behind, you know, maybe just didn't get a fair shake or wasn't in the the new coach's plan to come in and, you know, be a stopgap because, you know, Florida has some, some big question marks uh, at that, uh, at that position next year, I think. Well, here's, here's my thing is I don't, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson will both be on 
the roster next year. Could mm-hmm. happen. I don't anticipate that, and I don't think Anthony Richardson is going anywhere. Are you going to attract a, a big name in the transfer portal with Anthony Richardson on your roster? Well, I mean, I think that that goes back to where does that fit in, right? I mean, are you going to get a five-star guy? I don't no, Richardson from LSU. Possibly. You know, does he have a connection? Possibly. That, I mean, if you know, you, he's connected you, to Florida State, right? The reason I think you, you you sell this is is like, I mean, he's not Billy. AR is not Billy's guy, right? Um, like whoever coming in is gonna be Billy's guy, and then you don't have to get a guy in the same class as AR. You get the separation in years where if this, the guy, the younger guy, I do bring in doesn't lose, if he does lose out. He's not going to just bounce because next year it's his job. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's a way to play it. Um, but I, I do think you do got to play in the, in the transfer market just because of, like, health reasons, death reasons. Like, we just mm-hmm. got to bring some immediate help in in the quarterback room. I mean, I'm just looking at the list right now. There's four former five stars in the transfer portal. Quinn Ewers, Sheesh. who's already going to Texas. Spencer Rattler, Bo Nix, and Harrison Bailey. There's a whole slew of four stars. Adrian Martinez, Jack Miller, Max Johnson, uh, Jake Hayner, uh, who I think is staying at Fresno State. Pardon me. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, like? Tyson from Clemson. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Jack Sears, Chubba Purdy, Miles Brennan, Parker McQuarrie, and then, you know, Keaton Slovis, Michael Penix, Jack Palmer, and, and Brian Maurer. All of those guys are either highly recruited guys Michael or guys Phoenix, with game experience. Yeah. So he had a rough year, I think, this year at Indiana. But all of those guys have experience, and all of those guys are now, you know, in the portal or have like talent. So you got to go get somebody. Ooh. We just got portal, portal news right now. Spencer Rattler going to South Carolina. Very good. Good for them. It's a good get for Shane Beamer. Take one off the board. That's a weird match. I like it. I like it. Um, but it's a weird match. Him in South Carolina, mm. Columbia. That's weird. Wow. He likes living in bad towns. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the wrong USC. Oh, South Carolina. That's an interesting I mean, shame, take. I don't, shame. I don't, I don't know if I see that one, but yeah. not, a, not a take, but an interesting like fit. I don't, match. I don't know how that fits. Right, match. They do have raising canes. Uh, they do in in Columbia, South Carolina. Spence nio nio play. No, he's he's already got it. <clears throat> he had a raising canes deal, or has. Had has I, I don't know. Yeah, not a bad take for right. South Carolina. But South no, Carolina, you just want to acquire talent. Yeah, you want to acquire talent, and and that kid was never gonna never gonna go to to USC no other way than than how you just went. <laughs> than how he just did it. Right. So. Spencer Rattler against the Gators next year. Last last time he had uh, probably his best game ever. Uh, so, so so we'll see. Uh, so, um, Nick, what are your thoughts? You, you take a guy, you know, from the portal. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of variables there, but what do what do you do if you're William Napier? Um, I mean, you, I, you, I think your quarterback room can get messy if if these freshmen come in and say, "Hey, I don't like the culture here. I, I'm not, I want to be a part of it." Uh, no hard feelings. That's cool. Um, they could leave. Um, 
you could have you need to have four Who's quarterbacks. The, so you mean freshman? The Del Rio or or Kitna. The boys ain't going nowhere. They could. Where? <laughs> Somewhere else. Man, the market's hey. flu- you heard the names you just said in the market? Like Bro, it's like it's not, it's not like I think I don't think that's a problem. Is what I'm saying. Not for everyone. (laughs) Um, just because you put your name in the portal doesn't mean you get picked up. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it's better just hanging out, you know, under the radar. If if I'm I'm Del Rio, listen, man, there ain't nobody in the portal gonna pick me up that's better than the University of Florida degree. I'm gonna vibe you a little bit. Yeah. At least one more year. Yeah, put me on the fast track to the degree program so I have two <laughs> yes. years to play somewhere else. Yes. Start taking yeah, 18 degree. credits. Get this degree and go to Troy State. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, one year to ball uh, out. I think, I think they will go into the portal for a lot of players, quarterback included, um, mm-hmm. as well as trying to uh, sign one. Uh, I think you'll get – two quarterbacks in this class transfer portal and, and a uh, high school recruit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, speaking of transfer portal before we, before this gets lost, uh, we did have a couple players that put their name in the transfer portal. I know that we mentioned that Chris Bogle's name is in the transfer portal. Uh, uh, Mahmoud Diabate uh, put his name in the transfer portal uh, as well as Jacob Copeland uh, put his name in the transfer portal as well. There's some smoke about a few others, Putting Jared their name Mincy. in the transfer portal. Yeah, Gerald Mincy. Yep, uh, committed to Tennessee. Uh, but I do know that there is some some smoke about some other players. On um, that's not certainly uh, something that we will report on the show before they do that. Um, your thoughts on Jacob Copeland and Mahmoud Diabate entering the transfer portal? Uh, Mahmoud came out and said he was just exploring his options. Um, I get that. He should be. It's new regimes. You see what's out there. I mean, that's, that's what, what that's what all this is about. Uh, Jacob Copeland. I mean, sometimes it's just time to time. Like it's just time to like both parties to get a fresh start. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. I get it. Um, he took a visit to Maryland. Uh, I'm not sure where he's gonna end up. And some of these guys could get back out of the portal. I don't know who who Billy's actually recruiting to get back out of the portal. I know Bogle's one of those guys, but um, Jared Mincy went to Tennessee. Then I don't – just not 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 something I'm mad at at all. Heavisy ran a, a different type of room. Um, a lot of those guys weren't just big fans of him. So when they got seen the exit and the time to get mm-hmm. recruited by somebody else, they took it. So just kind of get everybody's situation right now, to be real with you. Uh, and I'm not mad at it. That's what, that's what all this is designed for, free enterprise. Yeah, I think um... – I think Mahmoud is going to do his due diligence. Um, mm-hmm. For sure, as he should. Seems like that type of guy. Um, he could come back. I know Billy has given him uh, the phone numbers, contacts for people at UL. Um, hey, go talk to these guys, whether it's an analyst or a coach. Um, talk to them. This is the, the kind of program we're going to run, the kind of defense that we're going to have. If that fits you, we'd love to have you. If it doesn't, We'll, you know, we'll do anything we can help you, um, uh, you know, in your next stop. But if they want him back, I know Billy is recruiting him to come back. Billy would like to get Chris Bogle back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mincy move didn't make sense to me. Like, I thought you could have, like, you could have contended for a starting role. Like, you you chilled as a backup for a couple of years, and then it's like you have a shot to start, and you're like, I'm out. 
Um, Jacob Copeland, 100% agree with Silk. This is an amicable divorce. Good luck. Yeah, I think I think from like even the Mincy standpoint, sometimes we just look at things from just like a football standpoint, depth chart, and just like that type of stuff. But it's just so much other stuff, personal, and just like different aspects of the of the game and just being around this stuff that 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 goes into play. And I think that's what came into play with Mincy. It was just it wasn't just about depth chart and opportunity. It was just like, bro, I just need a fresh start type of vibe. Um, just from my opinion, nothing solid, but that's that, that's the vibe I got. Yep, and then uh, Jacob Copeland, the other name that we didn't mention, obviously the Gators' number one receiver uh, in yards um, this year, uh, has also entered his name in the portal. Probably an opportunity for a fresh start uh, for him, and I don't know uh, if there will be a lot of begging uh, for him to come back. Yeah, I don't think nobody needs to be begged, man. I think I think. <laughs> It just is what it is, man. It's just been a, it's been a lot, bro. It was just gonna you know, keep it be all the way a little bit like transparent. What my thoughts about the whole situation is with Jacob Copeland. I'm a big fan of the kid. Mm-hmm. Got nothing personal, but uh, I just thought like even like post like Dan Muller towards the end of Dan Muller's career, it was just a lot of things about like him just not really wanting to be here, and and just my vibes is like, bro, it's just that's the the way it is now. If you don't want to be somewhere, you don't have to complain. Nobody's right. holding you hostage anymore. College football now. If you're unhappy, there's a porter. You can put your name in and you can you transport somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's been advised for a minute now that he just wasn't happy here and he regretted being here. So I don't like that as a fan. I don't want to be cheering for people that regret to be here. You know what I'm saying? No, no slight to him, but I want to cheer for people that want to be here. Mm-hmm. So, so shout out to anybody that won't be here. Yep, and certainly wish all of these guys, you know, mm-hmm. whether they come back to Florida or go somewhere else, for sure. uh, or unfortunately, you know, don't find another home, you certainly wish them the best of luck. Uh, and once a Gator, always a Gator. And, you know, I, I hope for, you know, all of their success, you know, on the field uh, and off the field. Uh, boys, let me get into a couple of questions. We went a little long today, but I do want to get into a question from uh, from oh, Twitter. Oh, two hours. Yeah, yeah. Let's Whoa. see. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we did get this question. Uh, what are your concerns, if any, if we don't take a QB this class? We've kind of already answered that question. Other well, we than we got to yeah, take two QBs. Yeah, yeah. What, QB. what other uh, position beside offensive line uh, do you think Billy Napier should put a focus on in the transfer portal? DB room. Okay. Uh, first quarter DB room. I mean, a little bit everywhere. D, I think D line is probably your most your safest spot on the roster. Uh, outside of that, you may be trying to infuse a, a player or two into almost like every room could use it. I think linebacker room could use it. I think yeah. defensive back room could use it. Um, I think your running room back room Copeland is out. probably your depends on who. Yeah, I think your running back room and your tight end room right. probably have the most. I think you just look at the top talent available in the portal. Right. You know, like if it's elite talent that could change and and, and like game breakers, just like they're five star talent. It don't matter Mm -hmm. if this or a high school recruit or a guy that could help your roster right now. I think you just look at the whole landscape and go after the best players available to fill your needs. Yeah. I told you guys, told you that the 2022 high school class might be a wash and it's going to be a big portal. Every trend. Oh no no! Y'all that was a big forty year. I'm no, with it. No, it so Nobody, do you remember I, I laughing? Laugh, laugh. You, you told like me this. it was a ridiculous take. 
Dan, you know, just like just like my man, um, uh, what's it? Bryce just did. Bryce Bryce Young just did this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the five star kids, is like bro, they everybody doubted me. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody laughed at you, man. That's not yeah. a thing. Quit making up fake narratives, bro. Like Bryce Young beef. is a just, guy that I knew when he was like a like, sophomore in high school that he was going to be yeah, like this like, elite quarterback. Me. I'm not sure when people doubted me. Maybe like Pee Wee, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he threw a couple errant passes. They're like, hey, Bryce, like, we're going to let the other guy over here throw a couple. You know, we're going to put you at receiver, right? Uh, I've been doubted. Maybe, I've been doubted man. probably more than Bryce Young, and it's disrespectful. I took it personally. <laughs> With takes like that, I mean, it's it's obvious as to why. I don't think anybody doubted you, Nick. Um, you know, I do think that um, I thought the class would be a little bit more intact than it was now. Um, I did not have. I, was Florida being I said I thought 70s. we needed. We got to hit the portal. It's just what yeah. future is, man. Uh, I don't know. Nick, you did say you don't know how to like, like how many, like how, is that sustainable? We don't know how sustainable that is. Uh, we just don't know. It's a lot of unknowns. All this is fairly new territory. So I think we all need to be a little bit more open-minded with the approach to like how any of these coaches is handling it. But I don't think the old approach matters uh, matters because the old way of doing it, none of the transition classes were successful. The way they came in and salvaged stuff in the past didn't work. Right. So like, I'm not mad to see anything try anything new try because all the old ways these coaches came in, tried to salvage a class, just getting the job, none of that shit worked. So let's see what happens. I I need to find the audio of us laughing at Nick for for that take <laughs> because I think that that's revisionist history. He put that he in his face like this conversation the other day. In his too. mind, in his mind, we were beavers and butthead laughing at his great take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's just reality. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. Nick, we'll roll the tape on your reality. takes here. Uh, we do need to do a pre and postseason uh review. Uh Nick, you were mm. correct. Emory Jones would lead the team in rushing. Uh I was wrong. Um, so uh, I'll Woo! give you that. I do that. We do that. that show for real. Yeah, yeah we gotta do that Clip show in that. a couple weeks. Oh, that's a terrible show. Couple gotta... weeks, couple weeks. Um, well, Silk, let's get that's the Manscaped ad use. read. Nick, think of uh, the song that you've got this week, and uh, let's take it home. Shout out to Manscaped, man. I tell you what, man, I left my Clippers um, in a bag I couldn't get a hold of. It was at the Kush house, and I couldn't get to them, but I needed them. And I had to use my Andy's Clippers, and I tell you, it was a long process. I didn't nick anything, but I could see why, like, Manscaped is so important now. Mm. Smooth process, man. Quick little zzz. And I'm out of there, Dan, because it's just nick-proof. Skin-safe technology. You're not cutting anything with the lawnmower 4.0, the best trimmer in the business. Uh, be sure to visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off, free shipping. Um, the best of the best when it comes to man grooming. Ball deodorant. Don't put it on your chin or your neck or your beard like my man Nick. That's a little weird. It is for your balls. <laughs> oh man, it reminded me last week that Nick said he put it on his face. That's just that's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's nuts. All right, Nick, uh, take again. us home uh, with song of the week, my friend. Uh, we're gonna go Rod Wave Street Runner. I like it. Uh, I, like I like it. Nick gets the show. <laughs> All right, boys. Same corner, same time. You already know. 
Already. Yeah. See you boys next week. So we don't end how they do crash and burn on the shade room. Screen runner, gotta stop running sometime. I'm in your city tonight, and these lights make me feel so inspired. You ain't higher and higher and higher. Take me Make me feel so inspired 
You ain't higher and higher and higher.